And welcome everybody to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How's everybody doing on this Friday? Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill, Christie's Cafe, the Man of the Bear podcast, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. We have a jam-packed show for you today because I am going to have my broadcast partner and co-host Corey Bank on, and we are going to make some NFL picks for Week 14 And we have a very busy show. This is going to be the debut of my high school basketball show, which I will include in the entire show because, you know, I go an hour. But we do have some high school basketball games to talk about. And I'm going to preview some of the teams around the Chattahoochee Valley. But here we go. All right, so we have high school state playoffs going on in Georgia. We had a couple of games last night as Schley County was in the state championship game for the first time in school history, taking on Bowden. This game was at 5 p.m. I watched it on GPB Sports, and Schley County had a 21-19 lead at the half, but then Bowden pulled away, and they get the victory 29-21. And Schley County, a very valiant effort, and they have been one of the top teams all year and they had just had an incredible season. So congratulations to the Schley County Wildcats on a very impressive season. And then the Division I single-A game was Swainsboro versus Prince Avenue Christian. And Prince Avenue Christian, they defeat Swainsboro 52-34. That, again, was a game where Swainsboro was leading early. But Prince Avenue Christian... They are your GHSA Single A Division I state champions. So the fun continues today as we have a triple header of games that you can watch on GPB Sports. Starting at noon, the 2A state championship, the Fitzgerald Purple Hurricane. Fitzgerald won the state championship last season against Thomasville. The year before, they lost to Callaway in 2020. They're taking on Thompson. So the Bulldogs and the Purple Hurricane kickoff will start at noon. Followed by the 4A state championship, Cedartown taking on the Cadets of Benedictine at 3.30 p.m. Benedictine is trying to go back-to-back. Remember, Cedartown beat Callaway 47-7 in week two of the high school football season. Cedartown also reached the final four last year. Unfortunately, they lost to Carver 22-21. Cedartown has rich tradition in history. Remember, Nick Chubb went to Cedartown. And then followed by the 6A state championship kickoff at 7 p.m. So this is all tonight. You got Gainesville taking on Langston Hughes. On Saturday, we have the 3A state championship game kickoff at noon. Sandy Creek taking on Cedar Grove. The Saints from Cedar Grove out of Ellenwood, Georgia, also trying to go back-to-back and win their second straight state championship for 3A. Sandy Creek had a very interesting path. The Patriots from Sandy Creek had a 12-2 record. 
where they were 2-1 and one in the region. And after beating Carver of Atlanta, the team that Cedar Grove beat in the state championship last year, 49-14, they make it to the state playoffs. And I tell you what, Sandy Creek, they've had a lot of great athletes come out of the school, including Calvin Johnson, the Hall of Fame wide receiver, also known as Megatron. And then the third overall pick, Jabari Smith Jr., who now plays for the Houston Rockets, played his collegiate ball at the University of Auburn. Should be a fun and exciting game. Sandy Creek taking on Cedar Grove. 3.30 kickoff. It is the 5A state championship. Ware County taking on Warner Robins. Can Warner Robins win three straight state championships? In the nightcap, Saturday night, the undefeated Carrollton taking on Mill Creek, the 7A state championships. I can't believe that high school football after Saturday, will officially be over. We did have a Thursday night game last night. The Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Los Angeles Rams. And for majority of the game, the Raiders were dominating this game. In fact, they were up 16-3. to And I like the Raiders' chances. Baker Mayfield, who's only been in town for not even two days, making his first start with the Rams. And he didn't look all that great until the fourth quarter. The last two drives, Baker Mayfield shown heroics. This is a side of Baker Mayfield that I didn't even know existed. Even though the Rams season is over, I think that it is a nice redemption story for Baker Mayfield. He didn't have a whole lot of weapons, does not have a running game. The O-line is banged up. Cooper Cup is out with the injury. I just think if you give Baker Mayfield an offensive-minded head coach, like with the Browns and Kevin Stefanski, it did work out for a little bit. Baker Mayfield did win a playoff game. If you give Baker Mayfield a Sean McVay, that's why I thought that Baker Mayfield would have worked in San Francisco. However, I think the 49ers found a gem in Brock Purdy. Let's be honest. Kyle Shanahan knows how to get quarterbacks to elevate their level. Look what he did with Nick Bollins. Look what he did with C.J. Beathard. He made Matt Schaub a pro bowler. He made Robert Griffin the third rookie of the year. So this really diminishes the Raiders' playoff chances. Absolutely. The Raiders are done. The Raiders did have a three-game win streak, but it is over, and I think that the Las Vegas Raiders, which is a very decent offensive team, they just got to figure some things out. I think that Josh McDaniels can be the guy, but it is going to be a long season for the Rams as well. But I think that Baker Mayfield gives them some promise. It makes the team interesting. And Baker Mayfield lives for that Hollywood moment. I was happy for him to able to get that drive and win the game last night. All right, the moment you've all been waiting for, this is my favorite part of the show. I just want to keep this going because my high school football show that I would do on Friday nights, it was wildly popular. And that is all I would do as far as dedicating the entire show to just talking nothing but high school football. Well, this time is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to include high school basketball on the show, but I'm going to talk about other things as well. So here's what you're going to get. I'm going to break down 
what I think are the top 15 teams from West Georgia and the top 15 teams from East Alabama. So pretty much the Chattahoochee Valley. So I'm going to start with West Georgia because I live in Georgia. And it is clear that the number one team in West Georgia is the defending state champions for 4A, the Spencer Green Wave. The Green Wave, after having a historic 30-2 season last year, 16-0 in the region, they beat Westover in the state championship in Macon. I remember where I was. I listened to Carlos Williams on 95-7. He called an amazing game. Tonight, the Spencer Green Wave will take on the Shaw Raiders. Now, Spencer is 3-1 on the season, and the Shaw Raiders are 2-4. You can listen to this game on Flavor 92.1 as this is dubbed the high school game of the week for Sports Visions. And I cannot wait to hear Thrift Berenger do play-by-play for basketball. Many of you know I was the public address announcer for Russell County basketball last year. I'm not doing it this year. Just a lot of work. I mean, a lot of Tuesday night games, and I have the live show at Ivy. It just it conflicts with the rapid schedule. But I did have a lot of fun. So the Spencer Green Wave at number one. Number two, the St. Anne Bocelli Vikings. You know, they went 15-12 and 12 last year, 4-2 and two in the region. Head coach... Corey Black has got St. Ampicelli looking great. They are 1-0 so far. They will take on Calvary Christian this Saturday. Once again, Thrift Berenger pulling double duty. He is the voice of the St. Ampicelli Vikings basketball team. So looking forward to hearing him on the call. All right, so I got number three, the LaGrange Grangers. They are 4-0, and they will take on Harris County this week. Number four the Hardaway Hawks. You know, they did make it to the playoffs last year. They are currently 3-3 three and three overall. They are taking on the Northside Patriots later on this week. And so the number five team I have on here is the Columbus Blue Devils. Five and four on the season. They are taking on Hebron Christian Academy. Number six, I've got the Callaway Cavaliers. Now, they are 1-1. One one. They're taking on a region foe, Redan, on Friday. And then they have a massive game against a team on the other side of the river in East Alabama, the Valley Rams. I love these border wars. They play them in basketball. And the Valley Rams, we'll talk about them when we get to the top 15 for East Alabama. All right, so you got the Northside Patriots coming in. At number eight, then you got the Troop County Tigers, you got the Kendrick Cherokees, uh, Harris County. They're taking on Lagrange. They are currently two and one on the season. And uh, as we get closer into region play in uh, January, I'll start breaking this down. You got Chatco on here, Brookstone. They are two and four. But they're taking on undefeated Lee Scott Academy. That's going to be a great game as well. All right, I'm going to go over to Alabama. Because the number one team right now, I believe it's the Auburn Tigers. They are 10-1. and one. They take on St. James. And then you have the Valley Rams. Number two, they are 6-0 and oh on the season. And they take on Callaway this Saturday. Then number three, the Glenwood Gators. They are 6-2. and two. And then you got number four, Lee Scott Academy. 
6-0 on the season. Number five, the surprise team on here. And I actually very involved with the Russell County Warriors basketball team last season. I did the PA announcing job for the majority of the girls team and the varsity boys. They did go 12-13 and 13 last season. However, they lost in the first round of the tournament that was played up at Valley. They are 5-2 and two on the year after losing to Opelika yesterday. But they have rattled off wins against Smith Station. They've rattled off wins against Central. So looking at the list now, uh, Smith Station follows behind them with a 4-3 and three record. Uh, Springwood. You know, they play eight-man football. They play in basketball in the AISA. They are five and four. You got Lochapoca, the Pokaway, working in basketball. They are four and five. Central, they've won a state title in football. They've won a state title in baseball. They've got to get that state title in basketball. Central's four and four on the season. They do play Park Crossing on Tuesday, but they defeated the Shaw Raiders 56 to 48 on Tuesday. You know, remember a lot of these basketball games being played on Tuesday. Uh, you follow right now one and four. Remember, they made the playoffs. They were the best team in the region along with Russell County. But you follow has gone down to five A. Uh, they still got some tough matchups as Charles Henderson is in uh, their region as well. Uh, Beauregard right now zero and two. It's still early for a lot of these teams. Lynette is zero and one. You have Opelika that's 3-3 three and three after beating Russell County yesterday. Hanley is 1-0. and oh. They will take on Heard County. You got Chambers Academy that's 2-2. Two and two. They're taking on Atuga Academy. Beulah's 2-5. And, five. and uh, Lafayette, which this will be the last season that the Lafayette Bulldogs will play basketball. They are taking on Notasalga as we get into region play. You know, we're about to hit the Christmas break. And you're going to have a lot of Christmas tournaments. Come January, we are going to hit region play hot and heavy. And it is going to be a great time. And uh, I will have all the coverage of high school basketball for the varsity boys. And I will include high school basketball for the varsity girls. A team you got to look out for in Georgia is the Carver Lady Tigers. Now, the Carver Tigers who won a state title in 2019. They had a very disappointing season last year, 7-19, 5-12 in region play. They are currently 0-2 on the season, but they are taking on Carver of Atlanta. That is going to be their next opponent. You got the Jordan Red Jackets, 1-3 on the season, taking on Southwest on Tuesday. Kendrick is 1-3. They're taking on Marion County. Manchester is yet to play a basketball game. They're taking on Weber County. So that is your basketball report. Uh, once again, keeping an eye on the Spencer Green Wave. They go down from 4A to 2A. Can they win a state championship for 2A? I think that what they have done, and really what they've done in football as well, it carried over to basketball. And that's a great thing about a lot of these football players are playing basketball. And uh, that's pretty nice to see. And I'm very interested to see what head coach Corey Black can do now in the GIAA with St. Ampicelli. All right, I think it's about that time to bring on my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank. 
as uh, we will make some NFL picks. You don't want to go anywhere. We'll be right back with Corey. Welcome back to the show. And on the show, I got my broadcast partner and co-host Corey Bank as we get ready to make some NFL picks for week 14. Yes, Richard. Excited as always for NFL football. All right, we are going to start with your New York Jets that are going into Buffalo. Buffalo's a 10-point favorite, but the last time the Jets played the Bills, their defense won the game for them, and they defeated the Bills 20-17. to This is a much different team with Mike White at quarterback. In fact, they almost pulled out that game against Minnesota last week. The New York Jets look like they can be in any game. Their defense is just incredible. They're fighting for their playoff lives. Right now, they would be a playoff team, but you got the Patriots right behind them that own the tiebreaker with the Jets. Corey, I know you could go with your heart, or you could go with the team that looks like a team that could represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Who do you got in this game? So, in this matchup, Richard, yes, those New York Jets coming off a loss to Minnesota. The 7-5 and five on this season, but the bottom line is, I think they have declared the starting quarterback, Mike White. In last week's game, he showed flashes of greatness. He completed 31 of 57. That's a lot of attempts. Now, I wish they got the running game going more so, but in that regard, he threw for 369 yards, Richard. A guy in his second NFL game, they brought him up from the practice squad. He was a restricted guy undrafted, Zonovan Knight. This guy, like I said just now, wasn't even on the depth chart before the season started, and he is becoming a player that they can depend on. Last week, he had 15 rushes for 90 yards, 6 yards per carry. That's incredible in the National Football League. But you got to talk about their star, their rookie wide out, Garrett Wilson. He averaged 20 yards per catch last week, 8 receptions, for 162 yards. Very impressive. And the Jets' defense coming up the second half game stout. They were clogging up holes, led by C.J. Mosley. You have – they were getting after Kirk Cousins last week, but in this game, they're going to have to keep this up and they're going to have to use the blitz packages to perfection and get in the face of Josh Allen if they're going to have any chance. Now – for your bills on the other side of the fence you got a stud by the name of stefan diggs last week's game he had 92 receiving yards and josh allen had two touchdowns through the air 22 33 for 223 but the bottom line is josh allen is one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the game he made an insane throw last week where he was hugging the sideline makes a throw across his body to the other side of the field and complete that touchdown grab my goodness, Richard, that was incredible. But in this defense, they got James Cook. Dalvin Cook's brother, 14 carries for 64 yards, really decent. And they have a incredible defense where they're clogging up holes and, and getting in the box and creating havoc in the backfield. But in this game, those bills are heavily favored. I would like to see my Jets pull it out but it's going to be very, very tough. I, in this game, think it's going to be the Bills that come with revenge. Sadly to say that, Richard. 
would you at least take the points? I would take the points. That is a great pick. And by the way, Zonovan Knight, I picked him up on my fantasy team, and he got me a lot of fantasy points last week. Guy came out of nowhere, Richie. Yeah, he's incredible. I think the Jets really, you know, the thing about the Jets, I mean, they have surprised you all year. But would you would you say in the beginning of the season, Robert Sala was on the hot seat? 100%. Drafting Sauce Gardner, a home run pick. Very comparable to their Hall of Famer. They just put him up at MetLife. Daryl Rivas, this might be the reincarnation of him. Oh, that is incredible. Now let's go to the next game. This was my favorite rivalry in the early 2000s. The Baltimore Ravens taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. It's at Heinz Field. The Steelers are still alive for the playoffs after beating the Falcons last week. Lamar Jackson has a PCL strain. He did not practice. He is considered day-to-day. Tyler Hundley looks to get the start for Baltimore. Corey does the Pittsburgh Steelers with their rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett, get the victory along against their longtime hated rival? It's going to be a very gritty game. Both these teams, I mean, they are fierce competitors in the same division being rivals. And it's a very interesting play. So when you have Tyler Huntley, He has been in action for the Baltimore Ravens. We've seen him have sparks of greatness. He can get outside the tackle box and make necessary throws. But we've also seen him run for a good amount of yards. So even though they have no Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley is not a bad, serviceable quarterback in that regard. And he had 10 rushes for 41 yards last week. His favorite receiver was Mark Andrews. And that's their dynamic player. He had four catches for 53 yards. But the defense of the Ravens, uh, they were very good in the rush defense last week, Richard. They gave 88 yards and 28 carries. It's very dynamic and stout between the tackles in that regard. Now, the Steelers team, they're going to be playing for their lives with Kenny Pickett. But the thing is, they've been putting something together here. And they did pull up a victory against the Atlanta Falcons last week, 19-16, and 5-7. They're playing better than we thought. They're riding a hot streak in terms of their wins. They're finally getting something to go with Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, I think, is a decent leader, and they're rallying behind him. He had 197 yards, a 16-28 of 28 through the air last week, and his target that he likes to throw to his Swiss Army knife tight end, Pat Fryermuth. They always chant his name, Muth. They always do it. And now they have a dynamic pass catcher and runner out of the backfield, Najee Harris. Very good running back out of the University of Alabama. Stout as they come. Last week he rushed for five yards per carry. Very de- interesting. He's going to keep them in the football game. And their defense has gotten better over the weeks. I do think in this fierce matchup of the AFC North, I'm going to take the Steelers. All right. The Philadelphia Eagles taking on their NFC East rival in the Meadowlands against the New York football giants. The Eagles are favored by a touchdown. The Eagles have the best record in the National Football League. 11-1, and they destroyed the Tennessee Titans 35-10 to last week, making a point 
that they won that A.J. Brown trade. Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate. He's got weapons, Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. The Eagles like to run the football. They have a very underrated defense, but they got to lose a game sometime. And I think that looking at the schedule, they play the Bears next week. They play the Cowboys. I think they're going to lose that game. They got the Saints, and then they got the Giants again to wrap up the regular season. So, Corey, does the Giants, who are fighting for their playoff lives right now, they would be a number six seed. Do the Giants get the victory against their longtime rival, or do the Eagles just keep this momentum going? I truly think that this is one of the most dynamic seasons I've seen in a long time for the Philadelphia Eagles. 11-1 coming this season on this game. Jalen Hurts, who saw this guy to be an MVP candidate? He's had an incredible season. He is an amazing leader, cool, calm, and collective. Everything that they've been looking for for years as an Eagles fan base that they've been looking for. He went 29-39 last week, Richard, for 380 yards through the air and three touchdowns on a compelling win, like you said, against those Titans. That is very good. The Titans are not a terrible team whatsoever. And they really just put together, ran the table on them. Now, in their running game, they had a little bit of a hard time doing that, the running back by committee. But their number one back, Miles Sanders, he didn't have a great day. So right there, the Giants have a chance if they can disrupt the backfield and get excellent Slant, slant in the holes and get to Jalen Hurts and clog up those holes. They have a chance in the trenches in that regard. So that's where they have their chance. But the Giants coming to this game, like you said, fighting for their lives. Fighting for those lives at 7-4-1 and one with that tie that they had last week with the Commanders. Daniel Jones has had his best year of his career. He's been turning the ball over a lot less. He went 25-31 for 200 yards passing and a touchdown. Not bad for him. Really not bad. But the thing is, is that in order for them to control the ball game, they're going to have to get it to – they're going to have to get it to the hands of their most dynamic playmaker on offense, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley has shown every bit of why they drafted him this season. Coming back from his injury – and looking dynamic, running between holes, jump cuts in the holes, getting to the outside, one of the best backs in the league right now. So in order for them to have chances, they're going to have to get the ball to Darius Slayton. He had six catches for 90 yards last week, really decent. And in order for them to put together a game where they're going to be competitive, they must dominate the trenches, open up holes for Saquon Barkley, that's what be the recipe for them to keep themselves in the game. But I truly think, Richard, it's going to be Eagles in this battle of the NFC East going 12-1. and one. All right, in the final game that we are going to pick for Week 14, my San Francisco 49ers hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa on a short week. Tom Brady was able to come back from a 16-3 deficit against the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football. He still has it at age 45 going up against one of the best defenses. Really, this is a historic defense. I ranked them up with the 2002 Buccaneers, the 2000 Ravens. The 49ers have the best defense in the National Football League, and they are 
playing defense on historic levels. I mean, you saw what they did to Tua. You know, we we called that. We picked that game. And I picked that Miami was going to beat San Francisco because of Miami's dynamic offense. But the 49ers defense was able to shut them down. The big story is Jimmy Garoppolo with a broken foot is going to now be out seven to eight weeks. He might be back for the playoffs. That gives 49ers fans optimism. But let's talk about this game. The Niners are three-and-a-half-point favorite. Brock Purdy, which is 23 years old. I mean, he is almost as old as Tom Brady has been playing. He is going to get his first NFL start. And get this stat, Corey. Tom Brady is 6-0 and against rookie quarterbacks. I mean, you would think Tom Brady is going to win this game, right? I mean, he always has a chip on his shoulder when he comes back to the Bay Area. He's only been there. This is going to be his second time returning to the Bay Area. He went there in 2016. I'm calling the upset, Corey. I think the Buccaneers are going to win just because of that Tom Brady factor. And Kyle Shanahan going up against Tom Brady, I think that's in his head. I mean, I still have flashbacks of 28 to three a lot of people are not talking about this matchup kyle shanahan against tom brady very interesting selection richard in this one yeah the bucks six and six on the season coming to this game they took care of business by a slight edge 17 to 16 tom brady last week went 36 to 54 passing for 281 personally in two touchdowns i personally think that is too many pass attempts at this age for Tom Brady. They need to get the run game going. So Leonard Fournette needs to be more dynamic in the run game. He's a workhorse back. In order for them to have a chance in this game, I think Lenny Fournette's going to have to get at least 20 carries. Last week, he only carried the ball 10 times for right around five yards a carry. So 49 yards. Chris Godwin had eight catches for 63 yards. He's going to have to step up in this one in order for them to be a factor. But this Bucks defense is going to have to put together something with Devin White, one of the best linebackers in the game. He's going sideline to sideline. He's got to clog up those holes. And that defensive line is going to have to be dynamic in order for them to really put away this game, for them to keep it close with this fierce 49ers team, Richard. You love those 49ers. Now this 49ers, like you said, Garoppolo injured. Very, very interesting. Especially when they've been winning football games. They've been getting hot as of late. The best defense in football. As long as they get in the backfield, wreak havoc, and they're able to go sideline to sideline and do press coverage over the top on on, on the Buccaneers' X and Y receivers, they should have a great chance. Now, Brock Purdy, like you said, it's his first NFL start. The Iowa State University quarterback. Very interesting. I mean, he did play 25-37, two touchdowns, not bad. But they're going to have to get Christian McCaffrey more touches in, in order for him to be dynamic. He had eight what receptions for 80 yards last week and 17 carries for 66. So I think in order for them to win, sure, he touched the ball about 23 times last week. I think he's got to touch the ball maybe, maybe. I think he's got hit. I think he has to touch the ball 30 times for them to have a chance. But at the same time, they're going to have to keep Brock Purdy up. So the offensive line's going to have to open up holes 
and they're going to have to be able to put something together. This game is going to be the battle of the trenches. Who's going to win it? And I really think in the end of the day, despite Tom Brady having a 6-0 record, those 49ers defense, I think, is going to get to Tom Brady. And I personally am going to take the 49ers in this game. Well, I hope the 49ers can win because they have a huge game against the Seattle Seahawks, which I think the Seahawks are going to beat the Panthers. Corey, I strongly believe if it was Tom Brady going up against Jimmy Garoppolo, this game would have been flexed to the Sunday night game. Would you agree? Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, because, you know, you got the the two Patriots quarterbacks. You remember a couple of years back, uh, the owner, uh, Tom Kraft, uh, the Yeah, the owner, Robert Kraft, wanted Tom Brady. Belichick wanted Jimmy G. He shipped him off to the other conference, and uh, the rest is history. Jimmy Garoppolo became uh, the starter in San Francisco in 2017, won five straight starts, and the rest is history. Uh, What can I say? I mean, every time the 49ers go to the playoffs, they at least make it to the NFC Championship. I'm an optimistic 49ers fan that thinks that he could be ready if the 49ers make it all the way to the NFC Championship, but they have a tall task. They got to win a couple of playoff games, and I just don't see a rookie quarterback beating the Philadelphia Eagles on the road or beating the Minnesota Vikings because those are the two destinations the 49ers may end up facing in the divisional round. Definitely a tall task indeed. History is definitely not on their side with that, but when they have a defense like they do, so dynamic, Anything is possible. All right. Now, the local team here in Georgia, the Atlanta Falcons, are on a bye. They take on the New Orleans Saints next week. But we just received word yesterday that Desmond Ritter has been named the starter for the remaining games for the Atlanta Falcons. Five and eight. I mean, technically, they're still alive for the playoffs. But the Falcons got to go in a different direction. Marcus Mariota was not getting it done. And especially with Kyle Pitts out for the season, the Falcons need a quarterback that can get the ball down the field because Drake London is having a great rookie season. They have the run game going with Tyler Algier and Cordell Patterson. Corey, is this the right move for the Atlanta Falcons to make the switch to Desmond Ritter? I do think this is probably the right time to see what Desmond Ritter has. Opportunity to, to see what they have drafted. At this point in time, 5-8 record, kind of very hard to see imagine them to being a playoff team and statistically still alive but realistically Richard they'd have to win out um I do think it's the right time I think he sat down he's seen what the offense has to offer I think he's looked the playbook enough I think he's been learning under Mariota I think he has been building the connection with the team and I think if you're going to give this guy an opportunity to see what your future looks like it's all about it would be right now. Well, Corey, uh, I'm really looking forward to just uh, having the more shows with you as we get ready for the holiday season. And uh, we now have high school basketball that I'm going to include on this show. And uh, I'm looking forward to calling that first Rapids game with you on December 29th. The regular season starts February 1st. And as always, it's just great just having you at Ivy on uh, Tuesday nights. And I'm looking forward to talking to you next week. Absolutely, Richard. Always a pleasure. That was my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank. 
And uh, thank you everybody so much for listening to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Hope everybody has a great weekend and we will talk to you then. Bye everybody. You are listening to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.